we have uh, after church a parent meeting. If you're interested, uh, Judy Zerker's coming to talk about young people and social media and the impact of that. And just, it's just kind of, uh, if you're not aware, make you aware of some things about uh, social media and, and uh, all the things that are happening out there. There's so much going on, it's hard to keep track of it anymore. So that's what she's coming for. There'll be a sign-up sheet about that. Also, uh, let's see. Love Your Marriage Night, yeah, February the 17th, Friday night. We have 6 to 9 p.m. Again, there'll be a sign-up sheet for this. There'll be food. Uh, it'll be a good time, a time of strengthening your marriage. Uh, and uh, just a night of, of, that we believe that you got to work on your marriage so your marriage lasts. It's kind of like, and this is the example we always use about this kind of thing. If you have a car and you don't keep up on your car, eventually your car breaks down. And you don't want to wait till something breaks to go fix it. You want to keep up on it so it doesn't break, all right? So marriage is like that. So February 17th is Love Your Marriage Night, and we'll have more details that get closer. So those are the kind of things coming up. And, of course, uh, this Sunday is New Year's Day, January 1st. And I don't think I have to say it, but I'm going to say it. Anyways, we do have church. So 10 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning, we'll be here. So other than that, how about we jump up on our feet now? I know the first song we're singing today is Graves in the Garden. I love this psalm because of the life that it speaks of, that God can turn the mess of our life into the beauty of what he can do. And he's the only one that can do it. Amen? Amen. So if we sing this song, let's celebrate that and recount how God is doing that in each one of our lives. There's not a place 
just thank you for the rock that you are, the cornerstone where our foundation should be steadfast on God. And it's just hitting me that not only is he our cornerstone, and just like that parable where it talks about building your foundation on rock and not sand, but if our cornerstone, if we are building our foundation on the rock, he also makes water come out of rocks. He also gives the life force. We can't live without water. We can't live without him. We cannot be successful without him. And Lord, I just pray that we would be a church, Lord, that we build our life on your firm foundation, knowing where our water comes from, knowing where our nourishment comes from, because it is from you and you alone. I can't squeeze a rock and make water come out. But my God can tell me to tap it, water will flow out freely from it. The God who saw the Israelites through to the promised land, the one who, who made a way where there was no way, who was fire by night and cloud by day, who made their clothes last 40 years. That is the God I serve. The one who makes impossible possible. The one who is working when we see no one working. The one who cursed the fig tree and it died in that instant, but we didn't see till later. That is the God that I serve. Lord, I pray that we would be patient in the waiting. things that we can't comprehend how they're going to happen, God. I pray we would just have faith in you, the one who doesn't make our feet swell in 40 years, who makes our sandals last for 40 years in a desert of wandering when we are walking and walking and walking, God, that you have kept us and you will keep us again. Even in their unfaithfulness, you still provided for them. You still had manna for them every single day. Every day. That is the God that I serve. Lord, we just we rely on you tonight, God. I pray that you would just come, that you would have your way in our life, not the way that we want it to be, God, but the way that you ordained it to be from the day that you knitted us in our mother's womb. That we would count on you even when we don't see the end, Lord. Even when we're against the sea, God, and we don't see how we're going to walk through it, Father. That we would rely on you, the God of miracles.
everything I desire Only this I see Oh, just a dwell, dwell, dwell Here forever This'll be my posture I'm laying at your feet Oh, just a dwell, dwell, dwell Here forever Dearest Father Closest friend Most beautiful You're so beautiful Dearest Father Say with just one look, and 
and everything changes and I'm captivated and I'll never be the same we just want to look and everything changes and I'm captivated and I'll never be the same we just just for you. Just like Moses was used to free his people, like Jonah was sent out to preach to the lost, like Noah was called to build an ark, it wasn't just for him. And what God is doing in one of your lives here, he is not going to do it just for you. It is going to speak to the people who you're in contact with. He is going to use you as a light right where you are. Or he'll send you out, I don't know. But he's going to use what is going on right now for the good of not only you, but of others. Lord, I pray that you would make us fishers of men. Just like you called your disciples, you said, drop your nets and follow me. They didn't wait a year to do it. They didn't wait till all their affairs were in order. They went and they did it. 
They didn't take extra clothes when they went out because they knew you were going to provide for them. Father, I pray we would just go when you say to go. That we would listen when you call us to listen, Father. That we would speak into people's lives when you call us to do it. Use us, Lord. I pray that you would use us, Father, to reap the harvest that you have set forth for us. With just one look, everything changes. Let that be tonight, God. Let this one look into your eyes, Father. Let it change us from the inside out. I think when Jonah was in the belly of that whale, that whale his life was forever changed. When Moses went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go, I think his life was probably forever changed. When it started to rain, I think Noah's life was forever changed. Thank you, Lord, for calling us to big things. that bridge a couple more times here and I just pray, I encourage you if he is calling you to do something give it to him tonight if there's something that you've been wanting to let go of but you just have been holding on really tight let go of it tonight if there's someone that you have been wanting to share the gospel with I pray that you would just give it to the Lord and tell him that you're going to do it and be faithful in that
If you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. get everybody checking their kids in. Uh, don't forget youth hangouts, so uh, if you missed that train, go downstairs, you can uh, find Chamberlain. So heading that up as they're checking their kids in, um, and we'll take up tithing offering in just uh, a moment. It is good to have you tonight. I hope you had a good Christmas, a wonderful Christmas. I know I did. Um, Margot is not here tonight. She's a tad under the weather, but also uh, we have our kids from out of town for another just another day or so, so they're they're hanging out tonight. So I told her to stay home and do that, and we'd hopefully survive without her. <laughs> um, but we did have a good Christmas, so I hope you did too. So tithe and offering. Um, if you have uh, something tonight, the envelopes are in chairs in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out, but we appreciate uh, your giving and your faithfulness in your giving. So I'm going to pray over it, and if you do have something, you can bring it down. Lord, we thank you uh, to be in your house, to, to give tonight, Lord, as an expression of our worship and our love and our appreciation of uh, just all the things that you do in our life, Lord, including the increase in our life, Lord, the provision that is always in front of us. And we, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. We all say Amen. So if you have some, you can bring it down. Um, as we're doing that, we'll get into the word in just a second. We're going to head to Matthew chapter number 11 and verse 25 in just a moment. Uh, 21 days of prayer is coming January um, 8th through the 28th. Uh, some things, let me, I'm going to explain some stuff to you so you can follow what I'm saying here. Um, 
that also will kick off our, our Monday night prayer. So the church-wide prayer on Monday nights from 6 to 7. Uh, that starts on January the 9th, and that, that'll head on. And we'll do that every Monday until we always take a break in the summer for that. So, uh, so 21 days of prayer, and then kicking off our church-wide prayer in the midst of that. Uh, the challenge of 21 days of prayer is a little bit of a challenge. Um, is to consecrate an hour a day in prayer. And you're just like, and I know some of you are like, a whole hour, my gosh, um, that's a lot. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. It's not about the amount that you pray, never think that. It's not about watching a timer, oh, I hit an hour and I pray, so now God's happy with me. That's not what it's about, but it's just a, a deeper challenge. So today, um, today, so I've been off, I've been working from home, so over, over, uh, the time of Christmas up to New Year's, we take a break from the office and we work from home. And uh, this afternoon, I went to, and I just thought in my mind, I wonder how much time I spent on my phone today. You know, your phone trash your screen time, right? You know that. Even, even uh, I'm not very smart tech-wise, but even I know that. So I guessed an amount of time in my mind, and then I went and looked. And it was double what I guessed. Now, that's not surprising, I'm sure, right? And all that did was prove to me, and I proved to myself, that I will spend time on what I want to spend time on. And that includes prayer and things of that nature, time in your word. You see what I'm getting at? You will, you will do what you want to do. And I know everybody's busy, but yet you're busy with the things you make yourself busy with. So actually, I did it to myself. So I did it, uh, I actually put a time limit on, on some things on my phone today. So what it does is, when I use up that time, it like says, hey, you used up your time. You can, I can get out of it right there, but it, it lets me know, hey, you've been on this quite a bit. How many know what I'm talking about? So when I say, hey, the challenge is to pray an hour a day through the 21 days of prayer, I, I bet, even if you can't do it for a solid straight hour, you can find time every day to pray like that. How many would agree with that? So to help you out it is back on that back table, first of all, there's a little booklet there called Pray First, and that's sort of the theme, Pray First. It's something we're going to say a lot, Pray First. In life, the first thing you should always do is what? Pray. Pray First. There's a booklet back there that just talks about modes of prayer. It kind of teaches you about what prayer is and, and different ways you can approach your prayer life. So there's a little booklet back there for that. If you're more tech-minded, unlike me, on the back uh, board back there, there's a Pray First little poster, and it has a QR code. If you get on that QR code, it takes you to an app for Pray First on your phone versus having a little booklet. So you can have it on your phone or have the booklet if you want to use it. So that's one thing. The second thing is, also back on that table, there's a simple piece of paper, and it has things over the 21 days of prayer that we can be on the same page about praying as a church. So if, if you come to church-wide prayer, there, there is a, a kind of a list. It's sort of the same thing but modified and, and uh, changed a little bit. Also on that has uh, some uh, scriptures to pray, okay? So you should pray your scriptures, okay? Uh, and, and some different things. But also one other thing that's on there is over that 21 days of prayer from 6 to 7 p.m., Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, then 8 to 9 in the morning on Saturdays, there is a live prayer that's happening. So if you want to use that as your prayer time, and that's 
with the uh, campus that uh, only believe in Botkins, okay? It's just, it's, you click on the, uh, or, or put in your uh, phone, computer, whatever you have, the link on there will take you that during that time, so they're doing live prayer with worship and things like that. So different options during the 21 days of prayer, so if you pick that stuff up, it'll be a little more self-explanatory. But we're kicking off the year because I believe in prayer, and we should pray first, and I say this a lot, I mean it, and if this hasn't caught your heart yet, I want it to, that we are a praying church. Amen. And we're going to consecrate our year, 2023, at the beginning with 21 days of prayer. I encourage you to fast during that time if you want to, and things like that. So, again, that's coming up quick, but we'll talk a little bit more about that as that time comes. Okay. Having said all that, Matthew chapter 11 and verse number 25. I'm sort of doing a, a two-part 2023 series tonight and Sunday. So elbow your neighbor and say, you got to come back for part two on Sunday, okay? If you're sitting in a chair and there's nobody besides you, that means you can invite somebody to come here part two on Sunday and just tell them to watch the live stream from tonight. Yeah, that was a little advertisement. So anyways, um, whenever we get to a change of a year. We're going from 2022 Saturday and then at midnight 2023. And again, I hope you here at church at 10 a.m. So don't stay up way too late, get in bed and get to church on Sunday. People look at those times because their, their, their calendar changes. They look at these times as opportunity for change, right? So people make New Year's resolutions, and I'm, I'm going to approach this year in this way, or I have some goals I want to accomplish uh, this, and, and I want to start doing that, and I want to stop doing that. And, and they do these different kind of things. But, but really, the difference between Saturday and Sunday in your situation's life is nothing. It's still the same. Is that correct? Just because we change a calendar year doesn't mean your life changed from Saturday to Sunday. You may express... How many of you have ever set some sort of a new year resolution or a goal for the incoming year. Anybody ever done that? Well, sure, I do it. How many of you have failed in that? Or, okay, yeah. More often than not, we don't carry them through. So I go to the gym, okay, every now and then, and I always know January and February the gym's going to be packed. I know by March it gets back to about normal. That's just the way it goes because people, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to get in shape, I'm going to whatever. And, and, and they do, they jump in there and they're working, it's packed, I'm agitated because I want to use that machine, you know, but I have grace in my heart because I know in two months they'll be gone. And so I'm patient, and, but we're like that. We set goals, we have plans, and, and we, we have good motivations. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that stuff because we want to change, we want to do things. But the reality is, from Saturday to Sunday, your life is the same. Um, so what I want to do tonight and Sunday is I want to give you uh, some reminders of the Christian faith. The consistency of the Christian faith, no matter the seasons and dates and calendar and situations of your life. Now, I say reminders because... I'm going to guess that if you have been in the church for any amount of time, in other words, a church or under teaching for any amount of time where you spend time in your Bible at all, this stuff is not brand new to you, okay? Um, 
as a matter of fact, the vast majority of what we teach and should teach in the church is not going to be brand new revelation all the time. It's going to be a lot of reminders if you've been around the church for a period of time, if that makes sense. And it should be that way. So I'm going I'm to do some reminders tonight and Sunday. We're going to talk about one thing tonight, then we're going to hit three things on Sunday, okay? Um, that I think are important for you to do no matter what is happening in your life, no matter the time of year it is, new year or not, foundational things. So if, if, if these sort of things are not a part of your life, then I'm giving you some things to start to do. So, so if you were looking for some New Year's resolutions, I'm going to give you some, but don't make these New Year's resolutions because we usually don't follow those through. Learn how to make these habits in your life. So Matthew chapter 11 and verse 25. It says, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your gracious will. You know what I love about the gospel? It's simple. Isn't that right? Here's something that I pray consistently. I pray, Lord, let me live in the simplicity of the gospel while at the same time, you teach me the deeper truths of who you are. That's something I pray. But I think sometimes we so often try to find all these deeper truths of God, we, we lose the focus of the foundational things that are of simplicity of God. So that a lot of the things that God reveals in and through Jesus, it's not complicated. So let's not make it complicated. You see what I'm getting at? And Jesus is sort of saying that there. He's saying, look, you didn't, you didn't give this stuff to people that are wise and have a lot of understanding, but yet even to little children, they can catch this. Verse 27. And all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So in other words, is what we were getting at a couple Sundays ago. It is in Jesus that God is revealed to us. You want to know what God is like? Take a look at Jesus. You want to know the character of God? Check out Jesus. Jesus is God revealed. Okay? That's word made flesh. Now watch what he goes on to say in this revelation. Verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You see, salvation... And I think this, this is a connotation of, of it brings a, a context to salvation here, but I think it goes beyond that. In salvation, there is the invitation to whoever would believe. Amen. Open invitation. Isn't that right? 
But beyond the open invitation of salvation, there is an invitation like this. Again, I think the context has to do with salvation. But yet after salvation, there is the open invitation for personal relationship ongoing in your life. And, and I, lo I love just how it's simply worded there. Come to me. Go to Jesus. An open invitation. At this time of year, there's something I always remember. When I first gave my life to Jesus at age 17, right away I changed the entire plans of my life and I went away to a college that I never saw and didn't know nobody there. And when I came back at Christmas, it was far enough away I didn't get home at fall break or anything, but the first time I came back home was at Christmas time. New Year's Eve, over break, I was home and alone because there were relational transitions happening in my life at the time because of my salvation. I knew at New Year's Eve there was certain things I could not go do that would have done if I had not been saved, if that makes sense. But at that time in my life, as I was, I was being wary of what I was doing relationally, I had not developed relationship with people, with people of faith. So on, on New Year's Eve, I was home alone with my mom and dad. <laughs> what a party that was. Of course, they went to bed long before so <laughs> the, the, the midnight hour. And I remember this distinct feeling of loneliness. I always remember this at this time of year because of, of that. And what I do know in Jesus, there is always this open invitation to come to me. It's an, it's an invitation that has never changed, or if you show up, the door is closed, or the door is closed, and you got to jump through a bunch of hoops to get him to open it back up. He's always standing there saying, come to me. So sort of, sort of the, the point of what I'm saying tonight is that in Jesus... What we must learn to do, no matter the season of time, whether it's June, July, or January 1st at the New Year, is no matter what is going on, we must always come to him. You see, when this invitation is actually an invitation to the intimacy of relationship, See, see, in this invitation, he's calling you, you're, you're, you're heavy laden, you're laboring, and he wants to give you rest, and that shows up in a lot of different ways ultimately in the life to come, but he wants to make a trade with you, he wants to take the heavy laden off you, he wants you to learn from him and then take on his yoke, because in that you'll find that he is gentle and he's humble. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So we've, we've been saying things like recently, and again, this is a phrase we're going to say over and over again, pray first. You can, go, you can put along with that, seek his wisdom first. You, you can put along with that, put out things of, of the world to be able to focus the priority 
on him. Always seek God first. You can because he gives you the open invitation to come. The intimacy of relationship that we find there. Let me, let me say something to the guys. Girls, you can listen, but guys, let me talk to you for a second. I think when, when I start using verbiage like intimacy of relationship, there may be some guys that sort of struggle with that wording. We were just singing a song about Jesus, and we're saying, you're so beautiful. And I think there's maybe some guys that struggle be, because we have this idea of what it means to be a manly man. You see what I'm getting at? And in our culture today, there's been a phrase being kicked around called toxic masculinity, and, and there's this, this, uh, this struggle to identify what is a man, what does it mean to be masculine, what is the role of a man, and, all these, and, and there's this, this culture uh, uh, kind of debate going on, and, and that's a big conversation, it's very nuanced with a lot of rabbit trails, but let me just say this. I, I have no struggle knowing that I'm a guy. Never did. I also don't struggle with an idea of, of masculinity because I'm comfortable in my own skin. I know who I am. Does that make sense? But I've come to a place that in my faith and my belief, I understand and I believe that God made me, right? So if God made man and woman, he knows the best way for them to interact with him. You see what I'm getting at? So this idea of personal intimacy with Jesus, or, or even the idea that the first thing you should do in life is always go to God. That, that pushes back on some things. I'm independent. I'm strong. I can do this. And, and you see what I'm getting at. I'm all for the idea of, 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 of be, men being men. As long as when we talk about things like this, you go, but I, I don't know about that. Because it pushes back on a cultural idea of what it means to be a man. How many know what I'm talking about? That we go to God first. That's not independence, that's dependence, and we struggle with that. The idea that God in Christ Jesus wants a personal, intimate, close, real life relationship with me. Some people struggle. That's a hurdle for them. You, you realize that the modes of interaction that God has given us, prayer, scripture, worship, things like fasting, e even gatherings in church, all of these are angling us to a personal, intimate relationship with God. You know that. Those things are not primarily designed for you to try to get stuff from God. The primary mode of prayer is not for you to get stuff from God, it's for you to have personal, intimate relationship with him. The primary reason for the scriptures is not for you to pick through there to say, oh, this is, this is a promise for you in the Bible, God, you got to do this. It's to get to know him in a personal, intimate way. The primary reason for worship is not to build up brownie points with God so he gives you what you want. It's personal, intimate relationship. You see what I'm getting at? 
That is why the invitation of come to me needs to be a go-to phrase. It's got to get in your mind that no matter what is happening in my life, no matter the season, no matter my situation, no matter what is going on, pray first. Go to him first. Be dependent upon him. Because it is in only that that you'll find that his yoke is easy. And you'll find that his burden is light. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's go to another one here. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 19. And, and the, the author of Hebrews, a lot of things going on that this, this letter, this book that he wrote about the fulfillment of the sacrificial system that Jesus plays both the role of sacrifice and high priest. A lot of things going on here. But verse number 19 says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places, in other words, presence of God, intimacy of God, by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, in other words, the, the veil of the curtain that separated the most holy place, it was ripped in two at his crucifixion. That is through his flesh, his flesh made that way. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, that's Jesus, watch this. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. You see that? The invitation to come into his presence is ever available before you. If you want to develop a very healthy spiritual practice in your life, is learn to go to God first. And do it continually. And don't just go when you got a problem. Go because of relational intimacy. Right? So, I don't know, this is a very imperfect example, but, but when I met my wife, ultimately when I got to know her a little bit, I desired to know her in an intimate way, or a, a relational way, a, a dating relationship and getting to know her. But, but I could not all get to know her properly if I only ever talked to her when I had a problem. That doesn't make sense. She would have kicked me to the curb. All you want is to take from me. That's all you want. You want me to help you do this, you want me to take care of that for you, and you want me to, it wouldn't have lasted. Yeah, we go to God first, but we also go to him first every day, even when it's a good day. See, you realize that in, in a certain way you can think of, of your being as a, as a well, right? And situations and circumstances of your life can make you feel like you have been spent, you're dry, right? How many know what I'm talking about? But your well should never be empty because of your neglect. 
Did you hear that? Your well should never be empty because of your neglect of personal connection to God. I understand you go through stuff, it feels like it's, it's, it's being sapped and all that kind of stuff, but because you go to God first, the one who keeps you full is with you. But if you're not going to him first, your well is going to dry up eventually. Good life or not, by the way. You see what I mean? So the practice is a habit of accepting and partaking of this consistent, open, come-to-me invitation. In other words, is an absolute way of life. You've heard the phrase, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. You ever hear that? True, but not true. Religion is a way of living based on something you believe. So yes, we practice religious stuff. We pray, we read our Bibles, we come to church. That's religious activity, but it's born out of relationship. In other words, my relationship with Jesus gives me a way of life. And it's practiced in certain ways, right? So another way we talk about this, and, and maybe I'll mention this Sunday, you've heard me say this a lot. The rhythm of life that you have is vitally important. The rhythm of life. That you make it a practice of answering the call, come unto me. Consistently, daily. So again, 2023, look, I'm, I'm going to say this Sunday, so back Sunday, Sunday I'm going to say the exact same thing. I cannot guarantee what your year is going to be like. I can't promise you squat. I wish I could. I wish I, I, could, I, 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 wish I could say you're going to achieve every goal that you have. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have so much money laying around your pockets, you don't know what to do with it. You're going to experience no health issues this year. Every relationship you have is going to prosper, and even bad ones are going to be repaired. Man, I know better than that. <laughs> but what are you going to do? That, that's the key. All of 2023, no matter what your situation, maybe you end up with the perfect year, or maybe not. But regardless, what are you every day? Because he's constantly doing this thing of, of Psalm 23. When he says, I will give you rest you know, the rest of Jesus is not dependent upon your circumstance. You know that? We think I can only be restful when things are good. Now, the rest of Jesus kind of supersedes the circumstances of your life. 
if you learn to come unto him so he can trade the heavy burden that you're carrying and give you the restful yoke that is him. So Kelly, if you can find it, I'm going to put you on the spot. There's a, and I've showed this before, but there's a picture on there of some sheep on this grassy hill with the sun behind them. You guys have seen this before. I stole this off the internet. I did not take this picture. And I don't know who took it. So whoever took it, great job. Anyways, this, this right here, this, we're the sheep of this pastor, right? He, he's the good shepherd. This was very symbolic to me when I saw this. That this can be the state of your soul regardless of the circumstances of your life. That, that's peaceful to me. The sheep are being well taken care of right there. Right? I don't see any wolves lurking in the background in that picture. But if they try to come, we have the good shepherd. And the good shepherd take care of us. See, that is very symbolic to me of the rest that he gives you if you'll just come to him, 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 come to him. I think sometimes we go to him, then we're MIA for a while. Then we wonder, what's going on? Where are you at? Why do I feel alone? And the whole time he was like, I was here the whole time. What have you been doing? I'll tell you what you've been doing. You fell down a rabbit hole looking at reels. That's what you've been doing. Well, maybe it wasn't that simple. Maybe, maybe you were so focused on your problem because it's a big problem that you forgot to step back and go to him. You see what I'm getting at? rhythm of life. Come to me. See, that, that's why I, I don't talk to you about making New Year's resolutions. What I'm talking to you about is life change if it's not happening that way. Be because no matter what you say about 2023, you know what? 2024 is coming. And so is 2025. You see what I'm getting at? And no matter what plans and goals and things you're after in 2023, go for it, but behind the entire thing, the foundation of it all is a lifestyle rhythm of come unto me. Because no matter what happens with your goals and your dreams and your situations, that's the foundation. Right? That, in other words, we're involving God in everything that's going on. Everything right there. Everything is with us. Amen? Do you believe that he responds to us when you, when you go to him? I do. I believe he, again, intimate, personal relationship. I believe that's what he's after. It's what I want with him. It's what I want. Amen. Alright, so write that down. Come unto me. There's number one. So we'll hit the rest on Sunday. So you got to come back for that part. I'm looking forward to a good 2023.
I was looking forward to a good 2022. I thought it was okay. I was looking forward to a good 2020, 2021. They didn't go so great <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, right? My goodness. You, you just never know. But let me tell you something. I'm not worried about it. I'm not in fear of it. I'm not anxious about it. I'm not, you know why? It's not that I don't care. It's not that I'm not involved. It's not that I am in a bubble to it. But I've got this practice of, of just understanding God is with me because I'm in a practice of going to him and saying, hey, I need you. I'm here. Help me today. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Oh, Jesus, I thank you that you have given us the invitation to come to you. I thank you, Lord, for that. I pray, I pray that we, we don't forget the invitation. We don't ignore the invitation. We don't get too busy that we forget about it. That we don't get too wrapped up in life that's not a part of our life. That when we experience things that the problems aren't so big that, that we... We don't feel we can get out of it to even think straight enough to come to you. But we develop a way of living that you're right in the middle of our everydays, leading us and guiding us and strengthening us and giving us wisdom and doing for us what we can't do for ourselves. I thank you for that. I thank you that you care about each one of us so much that that's what you that's what you do now I pray to everybody in this church that attends this church Lord that that they live in that kind of intimacy with you you're, you're calling to each one of us you're calling I pray we're consistently sensitive in our spirit enough to hear Hear and respond. And Lord, this is all in your love. It's all for your glory. These are things that, that ultimately glorify you as, as the wonderful God, our creator. This is your design. And I'm thankful for that. And we, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, we love you guys. We believe in you all. Keep at it. Keep going. We're getting somewhere. Amen. Come on Sunday morning. Bring somebody out with you. Uh, if, if you're out, I'll tell you what you can do. If you're out of New Year's Eve gathering on, on New Year's Eve, that's when the New Year's Eve gathering would happen, invite everybody there to come to church with you the next day. Tell them you'll get, a, you'll get the caravan going. You'll come knock on their doors, honk your horn, get them in, and bring them to church. Amen. We'll have some coffee to wake them up. All right, we'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed.